time UFO warning. Today's case comes from July 2014, Joplin, Missouri, and this is a UFO eyewitness case chronicled on the MUFON's website from Missouri. Looks like it was written by their assistant state director, Margie Kay, and it says the case is from July of 2014. It starts off and it says John Cruzan has spent most of his life, like most of us, with his family working hobbies. John served as a police officer for the Joplin Police Department from 1986 to 1996. Then it goes on to say that from 2009 to 2014, he worked as a private investigator. Uh, he spent time on the county drug task force. He was an EMT. And his hobbies included flying small engine airplanes and uh, repairing, uh, repairing them. Sounds like a pretty uh, all-around solid guy involved in the community service his whole life and a small plane pilot. It goes on to say John Cruzan's life was going along at a normal pace until July 8, 2014, when his world changed forever. John and his wife Tracy, a healthcare professional, were driving home at approximately 9.15 p.m. when a neighbor frantically flagged them down. Their neighbor, a commercial airline pilot and pro-golf instructor who wishes to remain anonymous, urged the Cruzans to get out of their vehicle and look up. The couple did so and were alarmed to see a gigantic, acre-wide or 200-foot-wide, low-flying craft over their heads. The craft was completely silent and appeared to have no visible propulsion system, exhaust, or means to fly and there was absolutely no ground vibration as would be expected if a normal aircraft were that close to the observers. The three witnesses observed the craft moving very slowly. Later, the two pilots calculated the rate of speed to be approximately 60 miles per hour. Now we know there's no way that an aircraft that large can stay um, airborne at 60 miles per hour, you know, barring a helicopter, but this was not a helicopter or a blimp. This is a giant aircraft just basically cruising along at 60 miles an hour, which is quite slow. It says the neighbor's dog was parked, was barking wildly at the object, and as the ob object moved through the neighborhood, all of the resident dogs began barking. The neighbor, however, said that it felt as if he were in a vacuum, and he heard no noises whatsoever, not even his own dog barking, as the object flew overhead. The witnesses thought they knew where the UFO had possibly landed. So all three got into Cruzan's new Jeep and drove quickly to a cow pasture approximately one mile south from their houses in order to see if they could find it. And it says here, note, the potential landing spot is near a place Joplin residents call the UFO landing dock, which is a strange structure in the middle of a large field. As they drove near the possible landing area, the vehicle suddenly stopped running and simply coasted. At that point, it was no longer dusk and was almost completely dark. So, so here we have these guys chasing the UFO. And this is something that we hear a lot in these situations. And the vehicle, the motor quit running. So now they're just coasting down the road, apparently, trying to pursue this thing. This is at the same time the vehicle... Warning beep started to go off, indicating a door was open, but no doors were open. They attempted to shine a high-powered flashlight out the window and into the nearby cow pasture, but the beam on the highlight would not shine. However, they could see the flashlight was not 
was on but very dim. Mr. Cruzan then attempted to get the vehicle into gear, but had a difficult time of it. He was able to finally get it into gear and move on down the road after approximately five minutes. And when they got away from the area, the flashlight functioned normally and began, and the beeping stopped. Well, this sounds like a classic case where the UFO is actually interfering with the operation of a vehicle. This is something we hear all the time, whether it's some kind of electrical discharge or whatever. The article goes on and says they then turned the vehicle around and went back to the original spot when the car again stopped running. The alarm started beeping again and the flashlight would not function. After approximately five minutes, John was able to get the car running and moved on. He then went back to the same spot again, but nothing anomalous happened. The Jeep is a new vehicle and had no issues prior to or after the UFO sighting event. It says the story does not stop here. It gets even stranger. When I interviewed the three witnesses four days after the event, along with investigator Larry Jordan, I inquired about the physical effects that John or his wife may have experienced. John had been John had been ill with severe nausea and vomiting, fever, and headaches since immediately after the sighting. He also showed me severe burns with blisters on his right arm just under his shirt sleeve, which covered the front of the arm width and was about three inches high. John's illness continued for three weeks and his doctor could not explain it. John showed his burn to a friend who was a physician. The friend said that the burn was consistent with a laser injury, which she has never seen before. Well, that's very strange. It reminds us of some of the injuries that are um, similar to uh, radiation poisoning, actually. And if we go back to that Falcon Lake UFO uh, experience that we've talked about before, and we did the podcast on, or even, I think, with some of the Betty uh, and Barney Hill injuries, you see these injuries, these burn injuries that seem like some sort of a, a radiation burn. And you wonder what kind of energy is coming off that UFO that it was enough that it interfered with the operation of the Jeep and even the flashlight. But here it says his doctor friend thinks that it was a laser-type burn. And that reminds me of the cattle mutilations that we see uh, so frequently with these um, very precise uh, injuries of carterized wounds. Uh, the article goes on and says, One theory that has been pondered by me, Larry Jordan and investigator Stan Seba, is that the UFO was likely in close proximity to the three witnesses, perhaps even right above their vehicle. A beam of some sort, laser microwave, etc., perhaps from the propulsion system, may have been purposely or accidentally shot from the aircraft, hit the passenger side mirror, and was reflected onto John's right arm. This is pure speculation, of course, but something to consider. It may account not only for the burn, but also the high EMF readings on top of the vehicle. Wow. It goes on, it says, Tracy Cruzan also received a burn on the back of her neck, which she thought was a sunburn at first, but when it returned and blistered several weeks later, she believed it might be related to this incident. The first thing I thought regarding the burns and illness was radiation poisoning. However, the Cruzans are now in good health, so if they were exposed, it must have been a low dose. 
the neighbors suffered no ill effects, and the three were in close proximity to each other. So if there was any exposure to radiation, it would be likely that they were all exposed. The author says, I examined the Jeep, which had not been washed since the sighting. I took a K2 meter out to measure electromagnetic field, EMF, and went over the entire vehicle, windows, and tires included, while Larry wrote down the readings. All readings were low, under 1 to 1.8, but when I checked the canvas top, the readings jumped to 25. I could not find a reason for the higher readings on the canvas top, as the vehicle was not on and there were no electronics in the area. Wow, now that's very interesting. It's really cool these guys went out within four days and did an investigation. And this is just an excellent example of scientifically investigating a UFO encounter where they're going out and they're doing EMF measurements. We then went to the possible landing spot and I observed that this was a large cow pasture with cows at the far end of it. I wondered if the UFO occupants were perhaps interested in the cows on the property since cow mutilations sometimes occur at the same time UFOs are observed. Boy, the person that did this investigating is spot on, in my opinion. They say, I took ground readings with K2 meter and got high readings, up to 8.9 in the area where the vehicle had been stopped the night in question, but low readings under 1 in the other areas of the ground. We did not enter the field since it's private property. The witnesses were all in agreement as to the shape of the object being teardrop as they viewed it from the bottom with one end being pointed and multiple large orange and red lights around the exterior rim of the bottom which were darker in the center. They also observed small blue lights all over the bottom with a large red light in the center and two yellow lights on either side lengthwise. This thing must have just been incredible to see, something that large with these multicolored lights arranged around it. And we have to wonder what these lights, what what is the deal with these lights? I mean, are they just some kind of, uh, you know, result of the of the propulsion system or some type of communication. Why would they even have them on? They're very interesting. It goes on and says, More witnesses come forward since this event. Five more reports have been made of huge UFOs and strange events, all within one and a half miles of the possible landing location. Three reported sightings to MUFON.com and two called me directly and refused to file an official report. The descriptions are similar to the craft reported in this case, and four were close encounters. In one case, a woman was driving on Rangeline Road on July 27th with her 12-year-old son and his friend after soccer practice when their vehicle was hit by something large. They thought they had been hit by a car since the car dash lights went off and a strange, very loud noise came through the radio speakers. The driver could not see another vehicle around and was disoriented. Confused, the driver continued on to drop off her son's friend nearby, then got back on to Ranger Lane Road where she and her son saw a strange, unrealistic large owl on a power line. They could find no damage to the vehicle after they arrived home. However, but both experienced loud ringing in their ears and headaches since the event. 
wow, now that is strange. That's almost like one of these paranormal events we hear about. And the thing with the owl, that is really odd. That even reminds me of some of the Native American explanations that we hear for, and stories about UFOs. He goes on and says, it's important to note that in other Missouri cases, witnesses have seen UFOs hit their vehicles and owls have long been associated with close encounters with extraterrestrials. Most investigators believe that the owl is a screen memory and not really what the observer is seeing. Now that's some fascinating stuff, the connection between the owls and the UFO phenomena. And that almost brings us into this area of non-human entities. Very interesting. The article says the remaining four reports are from persons. One is a deputy sheriff who was traveling alone at dusk, early morning hours. And it says uh, these events all occurred between July 13th and August 27th. In each, the witnesses observed a low-flying UFO, very large aircraft, was completely silent. None had seen a UFO prior and were completely shaken by the experience. Unfortunately, none were able to obtain photos. And then it says, additionally, John Cruzan was contacted by a man who read my initial press release. The following is an email from John. It says, I thought you may be interested to know that a man contacted me yesterday who had heard about my sighting. He said that he'd seen the same thing a couple years ago. He described the exact same object we had seen. He was in Seneca, Missouri, about 15 miles southeast of Joplin. He was riding his motorcycle with his son in the back. Suddenly their bike stalled and would not restart. They then looked up about 100 feet above their heads. They saw the object float over with no sound. They watched it disappear over the horizon. Then their motorcycle would start. They tried to follow it but could not catch up and did not see it again. He said a few other people in the area had told him they had seen it before, with one man telling him he saw it back in 1994. And then it says, the UFO observation deck, to make things even more bizarre, the Cruzans pointed out that the so-called Joplin UFO landing dock is very close to the July 8th sighting location. This is a large structure built into the side of a hill and was obviously engineered and well planned out. It even has electrical power lines running to it. This structure was built sometime in 2005 by unknown persons on land possibly owned by the city. It goes to nothing, yet appears to be ready for a craft of some type to land next to to be observed by unknown persons. There may be a perfectly mundane explanation for this structure, but so far we have been unable to find out what it is and what it is used for. Now that is something I think I'll be looking into. And they're calling this the Joplin UFO landing dock. Dreams. John has been having recurring dreams since the event, which may be related to the sighting. This is common among people who have had UFO encounters and is very way for the mind to process extraordinary events, says uh, says John says, I have been wondering why this object that flew over would have so many bright lights displayed on it, especially if they don't want to be seen. But maybe that is wrong. Maybe they do want to be seen and heard. Yes, I have to agree with that. And then the article goes on a little bit where from there it says, uh, with the testimony of three credible witnesses and physical evidence of the burns John and Tracy received, along with the high electromagnetic readings on the vehicle and ground 
there's no doubt in my mind that something happened in Joplin on the night of July 8th. It would have been back in 2014. And I have to say that I completely agree with the investigator. As I said, I found that account listed on MUFON.org from Missouri. And I think they just did a splendid job investigating that that encounter. And uh, it's so awesome that people are doing this kind of work just out of the goodness of their hearts, not trying to make a bunch of money off of it. And it's, it's a real public service to the UFO community compared to what we see with some of these UFO companies uh, looking to monetize the phenomena. But that was a Joplin uh, UFO sighting back from July 8th, 2014. Highly recommend you stop by their site and look at some of their material. Very interesting. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.